What's up? This is Zach Osborne. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is David Wittemann, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Third time's a charm. We are back. Moto X Pod Show, episode 176 tonight, brought to us by our title sponsor, Acherbys USA. For decades, Acherbys has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Acherbys has what you need. Visit AcherbysUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian Fullerton and the crew take care of you. Also on board for 2021 X-Brand Goggles. Bermlord graphics and jersey id for all your graphic designs uh you guys heard tons about that on uh, pulp last week thanks to, to uh, mathis williams moto works for all your mods and anything you need done to your engines extreme colors if you want a custom painted helmet torque one racing for all your hard parts shock socks all sport dynamic wrist braces blood lubricant oil lines power band racing if you're running wp suspension use those guys hit them up let them know we sent you and, of course, Fly Racing. Speaking of those guys, tonight we are going to give away a set of 2021 Kinetic K121 gear to one of our live YouTube listeners who have been put through hell tonight already. For those of you guys listening post, lots of fun technical issues, par for the course for us. But we're going to give a set of gear away. We've got a trivia contest. If you're listening on a later date, you miss out, man. You're just not going to get a chance to win the gear. you got to try to listen live, watch live when you can. Uh, a couple other cool giveaways. Tonight we've got Garrett Marchbanks on, who recently signed his deal with Club MX. The lovely Brittany, Ch- Brittany Osborne, not Brittany Chisholm, Brittany Osborne, wife of Zacco, who just won his championship. And uh, a local kid, Kay Johnson, who's won some championships, rides for Yamaha. We're going to talk to all of them tonight. Uh, I want to introduce my co-host, my longtime producer, a uh, guy that has made tonight a mess with all his errors on in the technical <laughs> side of things. DJ TJ, what's up, dude? Well, at least the people that are here on the show with, like, you're being the host, we're not just throwing you under the bus. We're gonna, I'm going to take the fall for this one. Yeah, yeah. Even though I had absolutely dude, nothing to do with it. you were here early before I even got home, and nothing has worked tonight. And like, fair enough. Yeah, so it's on you. All right. And our new, uh, our newest member of the show in studio, Scotty T. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Fly hat that Garrett got, gave you. Got it. And the Van Halen T-shirt. Yep. In and, memory of Eddie, Eddie Van Halen, and, who earlier, you just try, dummy over here, TJ said that band sucks. Yeah. Well, and you and you tried to stump me with name three Van Halen. Yeah, I did ask you that the first, or maybe the second, or maybe third time, time we tried recording this, and you gave me three that I was impressed by because they weren't the the hits. But we uh, unfortunately, because of some of the mistakes, we don't have time to get into that too much. Um. Okay, so what do we want to talk about? So first thing I want to bring up, well, let's talk about the motocross nationals are over. Zacco wins his championship. I think we're all stoked about that, Scotty. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody would have obvi- – I don't think too many people would have said that going into this season. No, couldn't be a better deserving well, guy, though. What's cool is he called it on the show. We talked to him that Tuesday before Loretta's yeah. won, and he was like, I'm going to win. Yeah, and he yeah. went and won. 
And then we also talked to Dylan, so right. come on the Moto X Pod Show and win you win championships. championships. I like it, Scotty. Yeah. Good good promotion there, yeah. man. Um, and then Chase gets his first overall win that, outdoors. Uh, that was cool. That I uh, know. I mean, the, the accomplishment was great, but that gear, that Michael Jordan gear <laughs> yeah. was sick. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think I would like that, but I actually really, really liked that. I thought that that was cool. Yeah, um, if it if it wasn't. It's not fly racing, right? So it's sort of hard for me to like almost anything. Oh well, yeah, to, that's not fly. But yeah, that was pretty. That cool. was pretty cool. Um, I like this. I like the tribute to Michael Jordan, who's back in motorsports. You know, with a race team. Um, yeah, anyway, he, yeah, he's he loves racing because it's so like focused and intense. Yeah. So I don't really want to touch on the nationals too terribly much because it's already been done on a bunch of shows. DJ, you're really distracting me. Other, what is going on? I don't know what he's doing. Do you um, have another issue. Who knows? So, all right, I've got a question from Nick Still. He's a listener from Australia. He's been helping me out with the Pulp Show. Okay. Um, I don't know that we're going to have the answers to his question because we don't have that many ends on some of the stuff, but I'm going to read this, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, a question I have been asked a few times from people here in Australia is, what happens with factory connection Honda now? I haven't read much information at all, so I can direct people to go to this podcast, the Moto X Pod Show, obviously, to find out uh, if, if he can, if we can give him any info. I'm going to assume that riders were under certain contracts. So does Honda have to pay these contracts out uh, as technically the riders lost their jobs not on their terms? What happens to all the workshop stuff and the trucks, transporters? I'm having that slide over here. Uh, transporters, stock, and obviously the team has other sponsors involved in the team. As the team will no longer do be going they have to pay back money to sponsorship commitments they cannot now meet i know for one thing almost everybody in their contract when they have a big team especially with a large sponsor they have a i guess you call it like a rider inside the contract saying we're going to pay you this much unless we lose this, this much percentage of our sponsorship yeah and so that's so when whoever jmar anybody signs a contract they're signing a contract but Factory Connections, I guess, technically would be the team, but it's a Geico Honda. They basically say, we're going to give you this much as long as we keep our title sponsor kind of a thing. So that's one of the questions he asked. Yeah, yeah so, it, it knows the contract. Yeah. When they lose title sponsor, Yeah, just the it. same way that Thrasher got out of his KTM deal because he signed a contract to ride KTMs as a pro, but the team that he signed for switched to gas right. gas, so that allowed Thrasher to go to Yamaha. A gray area. Yeah, and so it's the same thing. Yeah, and then uh, Steve mentioned with some of the guys, like, you know, if they lost their title sponsor, then those contracts changed or ended. So there's got to be stuff in the contracts as far yeah. as the equipment and stuff. They said that they're the, the Geico, Geico Honda, their manufacturing spot or whatever, their shop, the, um, they only have a year left on their lease right. anyway. So. But like parts and transporters, they I mean, sell they'll it. sell them. They'll, some of those parts will probably go to other teams that can buy them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, debadge all the content. Maybe some of it ends up in dumpsters. Unfortunately, I don't really have any facts. You know, I, I don't know any of that to be. What was sure. some of his other questions? I mean, he I would imagine. I would. I would imagine that something like Penride or somebody would absorb some of that stuff. Yeah, just I to, think so. They'll be helping out some of those teams and MCR. Uh, okay, so we're going back. Riders' contracts. Does Honda have to pay out these contracts? Yeah, those are. What no. happens to the workshop stuff, the trucks, etc.? 
I mean, and did, obviously the team has other sponsors involved in the team as the team will be no longer do they have to pay the money back pretty, to the other to the smaller sponsors. What's his name? Uh, Lindsay bought some yeah. team's old rig. You know, yeah, I mean, that that that's what happened with the rig. Somebody but, will buy it. But sponsors that have already paid, it's it's probably I would assume most of them are through the end of this year. Yeah. So they they're kind of at that point because I think it's October November when all the new stuff's the new contracts happen anyway. Now if they had a sponsor that was like on through 2022 then yeah they would probably have to pay that back right they can't yeah. just take the money and run so yeah pretty pretty much what i've gotten from it is that the only people that are really not going to be phased are the lawrence brothers and the one jmart's i guess moving up so right he'll be fine and then lawrence brothers would be fine and then other than that it's wait jmart's not going to 450 is he not no, no. he's staying 250 really yeah probably pc yeah it, well, it sounds like pc or star but neither one's been confirmed yet yeah, it's gonna be PC. I don't know. I, I, so I don't too. understand that move. But apparently, Star's going after him with more. What do you money. mean? Who's gonna? What four fifty teams gonna offer yeah, him any money? There's no offer. So he's just gonna keep. Oh, well, yeah. Someone's gonna. I guess that's can. the way it is. Give you a couple hundred grand. But that's what. See the Star deal. Like they, uh, I think it was uh, Castle last night was saying like it makes more sense, or maybe it was Starling. But anyway, if he went to Star because they're gonna be they're gonna have their own four fifty program now. They're the factory Yamaha. So that's a, a good step for if J Mark goes to star in two fifties this year, he can just move up to the four fifties. Pro Circuit can't offer him a four fifty. Yeah. But, you know, how so. much how much closer do you think the points would have been if J Mark was on Blue Crew Star this whole season? That's the question of the question seems uh, to be very little. Like Millville, he might have won Millville because he was all over him, but other than that yeah, I think most of the time Dylan had the better of him. So I think Dylan was a little bit better. Just it, yeah. he was going to win it either way. I don't think it would have been a huge difference. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, so that was Nick's question. We talked about the 450 or the national championship, Supercross, dude. I'm getting really stoked just because they keep talking about multiple rounds in certain cities that are allowing fans already for football. Dallas. Dallas, dude. Like, if we could get, Houston. like, three or four races, yeah, it'd be awesome if it was, like, Dallas and Houston. I'm just going to take, like, two weeks off work and just <laughs> yeah. hang out. Yeah, I know. I might have to, yeah. quit. I have to quit my job for that one. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, talking about that, what's the chances, which obviously we don't have, we haven't talked to anybody about this, but I wonder what the chances are that they'll do something like run, like, no east west coast just run all the 250s through the whole season i mean i don't know i hadn't heard that at all but i guess a lot of money i i'd say it's unlikely because the teams have so many riders and that doubles you bikes and you you have to double cruise at each Mm -hmm. round or whatever so i would say unlikely but yeah dude i don't know because okay so do they so team like uh, pro circuit or once was geico and all these other husky and all that so those lights guys do they does the East Coast Lights guys and the West Coast Lights guys have their own truck and trailer, or because that would be a problem that would be that would happen if you try to m- push them together? No, I think it's just so yeah. You're gonna have that. you're gonna have ten guys, right. Basically, cool. pay, That's what Star's gonna do? Star, <laughs> well, they, I mean, they're doing it, I guess. Yeah, they're got to get more trucks. I don't know, but no, I think they share one. This one light. Yeah, so yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of money just to go just yeah. to double it up. So I don't know if they'll do that. I just I'm ready for some racing, I, man. I've heard Supercross that already. Like I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> I've heard that East Coast is probably like going to go first, though. We'll see. Um, how? Hey, ask the YouTube listeners what the volume sounds like, because like I'm, Scott is way louder than I am, and yeah, uh, yeah. If y'all have any issue input on that, guys, let us know. Yeah. Uh, Garrett brought up asked you know, said that there's Geico Hole is going to be a hard spot to fill, but to me, it. I mean it. I don't know. I just think another in the two fifty teams. 
I think there'll just be another factory supported team. Somebody else will get that Honda factory support. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, there's an, there's no Geico anymore, and so now. Oh well, yeah, team- like, like you think like Penrite or MCR or somebody will get that. Yeah, there's Honda still a budget. lot of a lot of riders, a lot of like Derek Dwyer, our buddy, J Mart's mechanic that doesn't have anywhere to go right now. They're all looking for jobs. That White part Claw Honda sucks. White Claw Honda. <laughs> yeah, that that's the scary part is all these guys, you know, and some guys already had positions that they thought they were going to get, but now all the Honda guys are free. You know, Mumford needs a spot. So do, do guys that were maybe going to get a ride at Penright now lose those rides because a J Mart or a Carson Mumford's available and now? Oh, well, now we don't want you now because we want these guys. Yeah. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple weeks. Yeah, so this is just points to the fact that we need a way to bump people out of that 250 class sooner. <laughs> so last week, Pulp Show, you got you got some talk at least. Yeah, uh, yeah. TJ, would they talk? You know, Steve talked about started you a bit. up the show talking about me because you called in. No, even before was I he already in. on hold? No, no, no. I think uh, Hal, I think was the first one yeah, on hold. No, yeah, I I didn't call in until after Hal. Like, but the show started off about your buddy TJ who wanted to come in. Right, yeah. right, right. So with because Steve had some other random guy on the couch. Maybe better than Kiefer's buddy. Yeah, yeah, maybe better than just being sitting on the couch. I actually got the show started off talking about me. So, well, there you go. Yeah, I I, I, did. I called in too. Yeah, yeah, you called in. I didn't even right. think Steve. Steve didn't have any idea who I was. It actually took me a second to realize that. Yeah, it was yeah, me? yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was just say, "Hey, Scotty's on the phone," and it didn't click until a little, a few minutes, yeah. in, not yeah. a few minutes, but a little bit into the call. But what did you guys think? I mean, did I hold my own? Yeah, was I, it, yeah. I thought it was really good. Whatever, I yeah. really thought your ponytail was gonna was in jeopardy. I it think was he, in jeopardy. He was, I think anybody on here doesn't say that you're a terrible person for not cutting it off <laughs> for Killian. Bro, that was even. Well, I thought it was seven hundred dollars. No, it was two fifty. But you two hundred fifty dollars would pay somebody's electric bill. And you did. You did name drop Killian in his show. Trying yeah, to it was do, because talk, I, I mentioned it at the beginning. Like when yeah. we were talking about it, I said if I do it, it'd be well, for I mean, Killian. On on this show, you oh. mentioned we talked about. I think it was one of the first times I came in. Yeah, you, yeah. And you were talking about supporting him. So, well, but, I wasn't down with cutting it. Uh, Kiefer two was, locks is a lot. It's a lot. Kiefer was very hardcore on pushing me and, and that, Heather. When he was singing Heather that song, me. when he singed that song, I was almost <laughs> wetting myself. That was, that awesome. was so funny. Yeah, that was good. Uh, hey, so two weeks ago, we did. We were doing a contest where I was trying to give away some of this dirty rocker soap that you know I had the Rachel Bolin interview from Skid Row a few weeks ago, and you guys sucked, dude. You I had literally one entry. Well, one entry. It's which, easy so, to pick a winner. So Garrett's getting a bar for sure, because <laughs> Garrett enters everything. But I'm going to give you guys another week, dude. I don't know if you guys didn't listen to the Rachel Bowl and Skid Row contest. I know you didn't, TJ, because you don't like music. You're freaking one of the weirdest human beings I've ever met. But it's some really cool soap. So I have another bar to give away of the Dirty Rocker Soap. What camera are we on? Right there. Dirty Rocker Soap. We're going to... It was. It's on the screen right there. See, I see it. But you're such a retard. <laughs> Switch cameras, dude. That is, there that's you go. not how this works. <laughs> it doesn't work where works. just whatever camera I look at is on. Oh, he, earlier, well, he, earlier he was holding the thing up in front of his face. Yeah. Well, whatever, man. <laughs> that I'm giving some dirty rocker soap away. All I need you guys to do this stuff's cool. Uh, is take a put put a picture on your Instagram of you guys riding or done riding or whatever. You know, like you're you're dirty from riding. Tag Dirty Rocker Soap, tag the Moto X Pod Show, and I'll pick a winner next week. And if you guys don't enter, I'm going to be mad. It's going to be bullshit. So 
Anyway, nothing. Anything else from you guys before we get Garrett on? We got anything you want to talk about? No, just uh, like I don't think it helps my chances of ever being on pulp if you just keep calling me a weirdo all the time. When do I call you a weirdo? Like the, all the time. Like all the oh, time. on here. Like ever. Like all the time. Well, Steve's never going to hear it on here. That's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so, there, yeah, there's no way he listens. Has he to ever this. listened to our show? There's no I way. I doubt it. No. no so way. Garrett did ask, and so a lot of these guys on the show don't realize like the. I don't know if a relationship's the right word, but the friendship you and Steve have because like they were asking how were you treated when you weren't on the show. Oh yeah, so okay, we got a few minutes before we got Garrett. So great, man. Like I've always said, he's very nice to me. Uh, I I got to the house, I Ubered over to the house, and uh, he was down in the studio. Pookie just I could hear her yell like "Come on in!" and I went downstairs. He was getting show prep ready, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" And just we talked just like friends and. Knowing Steve is a little awkward about stuff, you know, I was like, "Hey," because it was like four hours, five hours to the show started. I was like, "You don't have to worry about babysitting me. I can take care of myself." Because he was getting show notes together, I said, "I have to do the same thing." He's like, "Cool," but we just sat there and we talked about our show, and he showed me some equipment things he does and different. He gave me some ideas and things we could do, and yeah, super cool. Visited the whole time uh, until the Kiefer's got there, and we ate dinner. And but yeah, just like a, a regular buddy, just nice and asked me questions about stuff going on in life and did he, uh, did he make you tomahawk steaks no no <laughs> we ordered firehouse subs which i've never had before one of the best sandwiches i've ever had what? really you never I, had firehouse subs mm. i go jimmy john's over at firehouse all no day. i just i got the uh it was like a barbecue steak or something yeah. and man it was freaking good but it was a really good time uh, i mean you know, i crashed at his house we after the show and everybody left he and i kind of sat there and talked for a little while about the show and yeah, it's cool. Listen, yeah, sounds pretty normal. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, I TJ, I don't know, man, if you're gonna ever get in the studio or not. Uh, yeah, it didn't sound promising. <laughs> I did. Uh, oh, so Steve posted on Twitter that Zacho said he can stay in the motorhome in one of the Supercross races. So I then responded. I said, God, I hope it's not the same race I'm staying in the motorhome. <laughs> and a few other people jumped in there, and some listener was like. Is TJ going to get to stay? And I was like, no, he's a weirdo. He can't come. <laughs> so I did call you a weirdo there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going we're gonna to ask Brittany tonight about maybe we can visit at one of the Supercross races, you know? But I think, kind of going back a little bit, I think for him to listen to the show would be like somebody that was on like major Fox News and then watch like the local Fox News at night. Like they, those people. What are you trying to say? Like. How about, how about like we're, like, comparing us to the star Yamaha of the. How are we not? I don't know. I don't. Here's, I think, I think so. So the other teams, the factory teams, they are like the factory big dogs, the people who basically like build the bikes, right? Okay. And and Mathis is pretty close to a fact. He is a factory, factory team. 450 team. But we are, we weren't even like part of any of that. We weren't yeah. even industry people when we started this podcast. We started out like Phoenix Honda or. or yeah. Well, think about where Star started. Can- Canada Kawasaki. Where, well, think about where Star was <laughs> when they started. Yeah. And they've built up to, like... Championship winning. Exactly. And just from the hardware... And i tell you that, I think the one thing that drove me crazy is how much crap they gave you about, like, handing out business cards and doing that Somebody stuff. else messaged me about that today, like... Or somebody was... There's a few people that gave me, gave me some long rants on, like, Instagram direct messages and stuff about Steve being a... An asshole. And yeah, but like, he's just playing it up. They don't get that part. Well, yeah, but this, but they were like, yeah, that, that's that was one of the things they talked about. Like that was like a smart idea. It's a business idea. Yeah, and yeah, he's just talking shit because that's what he does. It and, was honestly, I feel like him getting to where he is 
was probably easier because of the connections he had from all that kind of stuff. And the lack of other podcasts. Then it was for us to start from like recording a couple of guys talking on an iPhone to where we are now. Sure. I mean, so yeah, it's been a big building process and he actually gave me some compliments off the air and, and dude, there were, there were some, uh, some behind the scenes industry talk that I can't repeat on here. Sorry. That was pretty cool to be a part of. Uh, it was kind of cool. Like we were all sitting around eating and like a Ray called me and just dude, good luck tonight, bro. And I put him (laughs) on speakerphone and, and then like seven deuce deuce was on the phone with, Steve about something and yeah. was like, "Yeah, dude, good luck." And anyway, so that was kind of cool. So, but. Yeah, Starling said A Ray was his most disappointing rider of yeah. twenty twenty. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, oh. that, yeah." We're, I got to actually still make note. I'm still getting my notes together for the wrap up show tomorrow. Speaking night. of that, just oh, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. Well, I was going to say, A Ray. They keep talking about his muffler breaking off. He rides FMF. FMF sends a metal bracket. That you put on with the muffler to keep that from happening. Is he not running that? I don't know, dude. Just, you have no, to ask his mechanic. I'm just because it just happened curious. twice. Apparently, it's crazy. It happened again at practice that week, last week. That blows my mind. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's take a quick break. Let's regroup. And uh, no, actually, before we go to break, trivia question for the fly kinetic oh. race gear. Um. It's, so oh, y'all go ahead. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do a trivia question here in a second for our YouTube live listeners. Well, ha- why don't we wait until we get Kate on? Okay, you want to ask it then? Yep. So that it's that, gonna be about Kate. It is about Kate Johnson. About Kate Johnson. Okay, that's he's and a, it's gonna be something that y'all guys can find. We'll keep building it up. We're gonna have Kate Johnson on, and once we get we get the people who are watching, string him out a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. And um, it's gonna be something that y'all can look up online. Obviously not going to be that hard to find, but it will be a question about Cade Johnson, and um, and no one's going to know it, so everybody's going to have to look it up. All right, and, and we'll just then, do the the first person, or do you want to, like to get the answer, or do you, like third person? Or? Well, with less less well because they can see who, if uh, why don't we get all the answers and then we'll get a random draw. How about we do that then? Okay, how are we going to do the random draw? Oh, I can just write down everybody's name who puts it on here. So we can, I guess we can ask that now. I don't <laughs> know. Not going to do the first, just do the whoever gets it first. But it's got to be right. It's yeah. got to be fully right. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the whole, answer, you plan on giving it to the, No, I mean, the like. The 27. It can't be, like, it's got to be, like, the whole answer. It can't just be, like, the, you know. Yeah, It's yeah. got to be the full part of let's, the answer. Uh, let's wait till Cade comes on. Yeah. We'll do it then, and we'll just do the. Second person. No, let's do first person because people will be waiting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a first person. Saying. First person gets the answer. All right, <laughs> okay. we're going to commercial break. We'll be back with uh, Garrett Marshbanks. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbiUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. 
X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, sprint cars, dirt track, uh, side-by-sides, it does not matter. Visit bloodlubricants.com and use promo code MOTOX to save. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us Mr. Garrett Marchbanks. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Not a lot, man. Uh Pretty stoked to talk to you. Uh, some big news dropped about, what, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, you signed with Club MX. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, yeah, I think you're right. Two weeks ago, I signed with the team, and uh, I believe to a one-year deal. And, yeah, see how it goes. <laughs> so, Supercross was going pretty good for you, obviously, before the, the injury. Uh, I mean, hell, you won Daytona. You ride in a high, then COVID hits. And, man, just kind of give us your side of the story of what, like, man, what happened? Like, what, what was there an issue with you and Mitch? I mean, what's the backstory? If you can tell us, like, why did he choose not to keep you? Um, honestly, uh, I have no idea. Okay. I have no clue. Um, I mean, I thought things were clicking pretty good, like I said, through the first four rounds. Um, yeah. I mean, the first three were a little, you know – Honestly, the third round was my rough one. I, I raced, I believe, with the flu or something. I was pretty sick at Atlanta. But I know he wasn't too pumped there, and I could tell. But uh, when we won the, the Daytona and got the win there, I mean, I, I thought things were going great. Yeah, I mean, so did everybody else, I think. Was, yeah. And, I mean, I thought things were better. I mean, me and Mitch, I, I've always gotten along with Mitch. I mean, I wasn't super, super close with him, but, I mean, we're good enough that I didn't think anything was wrong, if that makes sense. But um, I know two weeks after Daytona, when the whole COVID thing hit, and we took, I believe, what was it, 50, 58 days off? Yeah. Um, two weeks after, we're riding outdoors. Um, I So before Supercross even started, I strained some li- ligaments in my foot and was racing injured through the whole season. And it was my same ankle I broke my rookie year. So two weeks after Daytona, I got surgery on it. Okay. To get the screws taken out. Right, right. And basically took two weeks off and only had like, I think, what was it, two and a half weeks of prep before, um, two or three weeks before Salt Lake. 
Yeah, that was a crazy time for everybody. Like, you know, you right. know uh, a few guys go get surgery. I think RJ got some surgery because they were making it sound like Supercross because it was going to start later. And then all of a sudden they changed it to, you know, to Salt Lake City before nationals. And man, it was so hard for you guys to make any decisions. Had to be pretty stressful. Oh, for sure. I mean, they said a month and they said two months, three months, whatever it was. And I remember they said it was three months. So that's why we got the surgery. And then they yeah. changed it. I think the day after I got my surgery, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> just, yeah. I was freaking out, just yeah. trying to rush it. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I thought everything was fine. I, I got along with everyone, and yeah, it, was just, it was just a weird deal. All right, so you do get to Salt Lake City, though, and you, you I feel like you're doing pretty well. Um, you know, you, like I said, I think you ended up fourth overall, if I'm not mistaken. But t- take us through Salt Lake City three the crash, man, it, it, I guess if I have everything right, you had a lacerated liver, bruised lung, torn MCL and PCL, which required surgery. And in the beginning, I don't think you thought you were hurt that bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I was because when I was in the hospital, the next morning I was walking around, not far, obviously, just from the bed to the bathroom. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I didn't think it was as bad as it was. Um, all I knew is that my last, my liver was lacerated and my bruised lung. And then they took a scan on my knee. They said the MCL was torn, but they didn't know anything else because the bruising was so bad. And I believe a week and a half later, we finally went in, got a, got the scan on my knee and yeah, the PCL was torn in half, uh, tore the MCL. I believe they said off the bone. So it was it was a pretty gnarly deal. I mean, I've never felt so sore in my life. <laughs> I can imagine, dude. And like yeah. over a few months, you went from like the highest of highs of your career, winning your first Supercross and a, and a you know a legendary race at Daytona to being injured and that and then you know not keeping your ride. I mean, uh, it seems like you're in pretty good spirits though. And you know, I, I mean, you got you know Club MX is going to be a good deal for you, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I used to train a club back in the day, right. um, probably three, four years ago. And, I mean, they're like family there. So I, I'm super thankful for Brandon Haas to give me the opportunity, the, the ride for him. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thankful, honestly. Absolutely. Hey, Garrett. Uh, so kind of talking about the injury a little bit, um, you know, I think the toughest thing in our sport is having to come back from one that's that bad, you know, like – the laceration of the liver and all that stuff that's that's tough when you recover from something like that what was what was harder for you the, the actual physical recovery or trying to keep your your mental stability there and trying to get your mental game because you have to ride at such a high level and when you lose that seat time it's kind of hard to get back to that so what was it for you is it more physical or was it more mental in the recovery um honestly it, it wasn't too bad for me I think the, the, the main stress about everything was my ride. Like, am I going to get a ride? Am I yeah. finding anything? Honestly, the bike part, yeah, I think the first month, it went through my head like, oh, man, I've never had this big of an injury. Am I going to be good again? <laughs> and it, it all kind of goes through your mind. And, I mean, the one thing I feel like that really helped me was I, I, I was training kids every weekend and even during the week here and there. And I feel like that was pretty cool just to, to stay in the moto industry and just watch all the time. That was pretty cool. And, I mean, when I got back on the bike for the first time, I don't really feel like I lost anything. Like, I almost feel like I was a better rider my first day back than I was when I crashed. Okay. 
TJ, you got something? Yeah, so just as you go from like a team with Pro Circuit, like everybody, especially back in the day, it was like the team to be on. It was what, what I guess the star was this year of racing. Right. Like, have you got together like what your plan is for this year as far as like who your mechanic is, all the ins and outs of that? Because I know it's and, – and I'm not down – playing their team it is one of the better 250 teams but it's not pc it's not you don't walk in there going everything is perfect and i don't have to worry about it how much more is on your plate now than it was um man i i don't really think it's that stressful like i said um yeah pc was awesome you know you you have everything you have you know every person for every part of the bike if that makes sense and yeah 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 over over at club maybe they don't but honestly like i said i, I trained over there they're all kind of like family i know everyone it's not like i'm jumping into this whole new thing and it's just nice to know everyone over there and heck when i i, I rode the bike too so like everyone's seen it but i i like the bike honestly i think it's good i don't think it's really a step down from my pc bike honestly i honestly think it's the same speed I, I, I love the bike. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. So many super talented riders like yourself are looking for spots anyway. I mean, especially after this weekend, right, with Geico closing their doors. I mean, it's just a crazy time in our industry anyway. It's a crazy time in the world with everything going on. Um, you know, racing's been shorter. The schedules are all different. It's just like everything is just insane almost right now uh just the fact that you even were able to get a ride of any kind is a blessing right now i think oh for sure yeah I, like i said i i'm super blessed to have yeah. this opportunity and just to be able to get a spot because especially after seeing the end of the the weekend and hearing all the news i was kind of like oh <laughs> holy crap all right never yeah. mind I'm, I'm pretty pumped on this right exactly <laughs> we well we know that you're you're one of the shorter riders in the in the class <laughs> and so, yeah, as, as yeah. joke. So, are, are your plans for outdoors next year? Are you going to ride a 450 at all? Or are you going to do 250 throughout the season? Uh 250. Yeah, we'll do 250 Supercross and outdoors. A any 450 Supercross, like on the opposite coast? Uh probably not. Okay. No. I just curious because yeah. you hear the taller riders want to get on the 450 sure, as much yeah. as possible. So I didn't know if that was a anything you were looking at doing. I mean, if I was, I mean in shape and ready like i was last year i'm not saying i'm not ready now but i mean coming off a big in injury i don't feel confident sure like i was last year right yeah <laughs> but, i mean yeah yeah that's that's a big thing i, I wouldn't even think about that because your your supercross season got into short you know short short jeez i can't talk right now got ended <laughs> early and then you're not you didn't do any nationals and now you got to change team so 2021 yeah, you got to prepare, probably spend every moment you have left before Supercross getting ready. Um, but we did see some big improvements from you from you know last year to this year. What can you take away from the few rounds you got in, the few races you got, to move into 2021 that's going to help you, you know, doesn't matter what team you're in, it's, it's still racing dirt bikes. Right. Um, honestly, this year, like taking what I had this year, the next year, um, with my riding, I feel like I could have been a little bit more patient with things, just calm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I'll, I always get super excited when I'm out there and try to try to make some quick passes. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was Tampa, uh, the heat race. I usually could have chased down, I think it was Shane, and yeah, just yeah. made dumb mistakes, like landed on tough blocks, 
slid out of the sand turn, almost crashed there. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? Just calm down. And it finally felt like, ah, heck, what was it? Daytona. It finally came together there. And I mean, it kind of sucked because I feel like I was doing everything perfect. And then yep. a break hit, like I said. And the I did worst the same thing in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, worst timing, yeah. dude. Like, we were all ready to go to, I think, Indy and can Garrett, you know, get another win. And, is you know, they always say, you know, once you get one, they, they get easier, right? But you really – Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like you're going to go in starting over, basically. And that kind of sucks because you, you could have been riding that momentum. Um, let me ask you, though, man, with, with the way the season went, the schedule at Salt Lake City, I know you didn't get to do all of them, but just being in one city and not having to travel so much and then seeing how the Nationals were, right, nine races, I think it was, uh, do you, what do you think about the condensed schedule? Like, if that was something they could do, give you more time off, would you be down for that, or do you, are you one of those guys like, I just want to race every weekend? Um, heck, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean the time off sweet yeah especially like me honestly if we get time off I hope it's from the end of August to November okay because, yeah yeah heck I'm, I'm from Utah <laughs> and we, we elk hunt all the time so that's like our time to have fun so honestly I like racing every weekend I, I like the original series, but honestly, outdoors, I wouldn't mind it getting cut how it was this year. That that seemed a lot better. Yeah, I think a lot of people were down for that. Yeah. yeah I'm, hey, I'm glad you mentioned hunting because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I saw on your, okay. your your Instagram where you had your crossbow and all that stuff. I just kind of like, what what does hunting do for you that kind of gives you that release the most? And then maybe kind of just like describe like some of the similarities and some of the differences between what you get out of hunting and then what you get out of moto. Oh, man. I mean, at the end of the year, after you race all year, you just, you're stressed out. You, your body's fatigued. Like, you're just tired, you know? After race, I don't know how many rounds we do. I think it's like 20, 22 rounds in the, in the lights class through the whole series. But um, the hunting part of it is just nice, just to get away from moto and just going to what you love to do off the bike. And that's what I usually like to do is just hunt, fish, camp. And heck, me and my buddy go out there for a week at a time uh, after the series, and we we just hunt and just stay in the mountains all the time. And I mean, were you trying to ask like what what could I take from hunting in the moto? Well, no, just kind of like like just some of the similarities and some of the differences, like what you what you like I mean, about hunting. I don't just kind of like like you like you said, it seems like it's that tranquility that you that you really seek for. And just, I just don't know. I just kind of wanted you to talk about what what hunting does for you. Yeah, I mean, hunting just relaxes me. Honestly, it gets my mind off moto. I mean, it. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, yeah. you you just kind of have to be out there. It, it's it's just it's a different feeling. Well, uh, here in the south, a lot of the kids, because we're around a couple of training facilities, they're big into fishing, and it seems oh, insane yeah. to me that these kids that go out there and do what y'all do on dirt bikes, as far as like hooking big jumps and racing each other. And I, I talked to my son about that, who's big into fishing, and he's just like, it's just so different. It's it's so, like, not moto. Yeah. I think that's what they enjoy about it. I was never that guy. Like, my dad tried to take me fishing when I was a kid. Fishing's terrible. I just don't have the patience. I, like, I really? don't. If I'm going to fish, like, I think deep sea fishing might be cool. But other than that, like, when I throw the the lure or whatever, the, I don't even know what it's called, you know, the hook out, if something isn't biting in about 10 seconds, I got better stuff to go do. See, that, I think that, that's the California in you, I think. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just, I think I'm ADD, man. And it's like I want to be 
as a kid, like I wanted to be on a bicycle or a skateboard or a dirt bike or jumping out of trees or the yeah. real, I, I can't, I just, I'm not good at relaxing at all. And I don't know about you, Garrett, but like here in Texas, when people hunt, they set up deer stands, which sometimes have right. like heat and electricity <laughs> and that's not hunting. That's fishing. It's deer that's, fishing. No. Yeah. Like that. Heck, when I go elk hunting, uh, actually, I just went this weekend with me and my buddy and my brother, and uh, heck, we just set up one of those, you know, uh, wall tents, the yeah, kind of yeah. canvas wall tents, and we set that up. We're at probably 8,500 uh, uh, feet and an elevation, and uh, yeah, we, we camp up there. Um, I think, what was it, Saturday or Sunday, we hiked about seven and a half miles. Yeah. Okay. Just for elk hunting. Like, heck, we, we're out in the boonies. Like, you, like, there's no way of finding us. <laughs> again, that's not my style, but to me, that's that's hunting. Like, that, that, that it takes yeah. some endurance. It takes some skill. Like, I've got a buddy up in Colorado right now kind of doing the same thing. They're hiking four or five miles in at high elevation and to, to try to kill. I don't even know if they're elk or what. I think it's elk they're going after, too. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to be there for three weeks. And I'm like, dude, no phone service. No shower. I'm out, bro. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. We we have the setup. Heck, like I said, when we do our, uh, we did it about a month ago. Yeah. Our week trip. Heck, I just take I don't know about a 15 gallon drum of water, and I've got a portable shower, which is sweet. A little electric, electric one, and okay. I take one of those little blue Yamaha generators, just the you know cook and. There you heck, go. we've got the setup. It's basically we got this huge tent. Got our Traeger grill, a little uh, portable one, our stove, or okay, yeah, we've got everything. Like it, it's 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 awesome. All right, that doesn't sound terrible. It sounds like you're like um, like getting ready to be a prepper. Are you gonna be like oh, one of those, yeah. oh, when you get older? Are you gonna be like <laughs> one of those, those, those doomsday prepper kind of guys? Oh heck yeah! Like dude, <laughs> I think when the when the season stopped for a little bit and yeah. the whole like COVID crap was going down everyone's freaking out i grabbed so much food from the stores and <laughs> ammo yeah. and like well, hey. yeah it, it was funny like my girlfriend's like are you serious yeah. and i'm like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> well at least i know who to call if if shit yeah. goes sideways we'll call yeah. garrett you're going to utah <laughs> where are you dude <laughs> yeah. come get me yeah <laughs> So, all right, let's get back to Moto for a minute before we let you go. How did the Club MX deal come up? I mean, uh, you kind of mentioned uh, Heft, I think you said it, but, like, did they come to you? Did you search them out? Like, how did that work? Um, I believe it was two weeks after my surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they came, Brandon texted me, which is the owner of uh, the team. And, yeah. Uh, he came to me, he texted me, and was like, hey, we, we want to pick you up, we want to sign you. And I was like, all right, sounds good, like, let me, let me think about it, and it was kind of one of those deals, like, ah, I'm not sure. Like, I was kind of like, we were talking the, the gas gas for a little bit, and, you know, everything just kind of stopped. Like, every main factory team out there just stopped. Like, I didn't get any callbacks, texts, nothing, and I think we're about a, heck, a month, three weeks out of, uh, before I got cleared the ride. He just texted me, he's like, hey, have you heard anything? Like, what what's the plan? Like, we're still wanting to pick you up, and I was like, you know, heck, let's do it. I was like, well, I'll come out and ride. Uh, give me a, give me a week after I get cleared, and I'll I'll come out there. And I flew out on a Thursday night. He picked me and my girlfriend up, drove out there, and I believe I rode Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and signed the deal Monday morning, and that was it. Awesome. How far from Club is your house? Like, do you are you living in Utah? 
Um, yeah, during this whole uh, injury, yeah, I was living in Utah the whole time, training and stuff. And yeah, but yeah, from my house to club, it's about thirty hours, and I'm heading there tomorrow. So, are you <laughs> during this getting ready? Are, are you? Is that the plan to stay at club, be in the south during the winter for training? Is that the like what you're going to do? Or are you still going to spend as much time in Utah as you can? Uh, no, I I had my I had my fun here, so it's time, <laughs> time, it's to, time to head back. Yeah. yeah, it's time to head back there and put the work in, and yeah. So. Well, I don't know. What, you know, the schedule hasn't been released. Obviously, uh, I'm hearing sometime this month in the next week or so. We are a couple hours east of Dallas, so we're hoping that Dallas is one of those stadiums that gets like three races in a row. You know, uh, right? That would be awesome. But Garrett, we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing how things work out for you and. Uh, I'm sure we'll see you at one of the the races that we make it to, but we appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, really glad that things have worked out for you, and, and hopefully in 2021 you're going to get more than one win. Well, thank you. So. Ab- absolutely, dude. Well, uh, again, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, thank man. You. Appreciate you. All right, sounds good. You guys have a good one. You too, Garrett. Thanks. Well, all right, so the show started off a little rough. We had some issues, as usual. As usual. I, I really can't figure out why we have so many technical issues because I don't, I don't know, dude. I just don't know. I, I was doing some things with the board this weekend trying to get the, the, the cell phone thing to work. Yes. But I, I don't remember. Ooh, it's working now. Yeah, yeah. It's just and then we, the volumes and the cheese. We what? also don't have somebody that is the specific job, is like, like Pulp does. That specific job is to make sure everything's like, yeah, they talk sometimes, but... Like they're yeah, but it always like, works. Like he, I, that's something I asked him about. Actually, uh, you know, like the way he records stuff and not changing sounds. Like, yeah, I don't touch anything. It just stays the same all the time. We, I feel like us, if we walk out of here when the show's over tonight and we don't come back in here till next Tuesday night, something's gonna be different. A hundred percent. Yeah, you got a ghost, dude. You got a maybe. <laughs> I know there's something out, like an armadillo or a possum digging up the yard at it's night. An armadillo. Okay. Possums do not. D- like, okay. DJ, well, sorry, I don't know about possums, CJ. You got a DJ possum that comes in here and spins the DJ dials. DJ possums <laughs> coming in here. <laughs> you are some retards. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like, you know, maybe like the band, there's a band coming in here and recording music at night yeah. using the studio. Yeah. Speaking of music, you didn't know this name. Jordan Burns. Please tell me, Scott, you know who Jordan, Jordan heard, Burns is? Okay, I'm... I've, I know. Jordan I've heard Burns. It. No, you don't. I've heard it. Don't. I've heard it. Don't. I don't. I can't put it. It's through. so random. Jordan you Burns don't. is the drummer of Strung Out. Oh he was okay, co-owner of me. Moto Triple X. Oh, okay. Yeah, T- Moto Triple X, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, Steely in nine nine Nick. That's Nick. Ste- that's the guy that sent the question from Australia. Yeah, he said, "What the hell is an armadillo?" <laughs> <laughs> Does it, ask him if he knows. Well, do you know what a roly poly is? Uh, just an arm. Just Google it. It's the greatest animal ever, and no, it will give not. you leprosy. Yeah, so, they can give you leprosy. Oh, really? They, yeah, yeah, I have heard do that. not touch them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, it's a gross looking animal. They're amazing. It, My favorite. What's recipe. amazing? It can, it can is, give you leprosy. They're so cool. What is amazing about <laughs> an armadillo, TJ? It's just a really cool animal. It's like God just made like a roly poly, hey, a giant mammal. Hey, I will. I will say this: You were showing this me show your, you were showing fun. me your uh, Fiero. If you ever see armadillo in the road and you have a low car like that, do, do not, not hit one because you will bust an oil pan <laughs> and you will blow that Fiero up on the side of um, seventy nine or whatever. Idiots. There was whatever a restaurant in Tyler that a buddy of mine owned, Armadillo Willie's. Yeah, I yeah, that. I remember that. Yeah. His, his son uh, Curtis was the one who had that. 
terrible injury. Nasty, Damn it, yeah. Nick. I, I know you got all kinds of crazy things over there in Australia. He used that to, we used to go never heard of. Yeah, Nick said that kangaroos are the coolest. I think. Well, I'll trade you an armadillo for a kangaroo. Uh, kangaroo is hey, a punch in the face. Ask him if he ask, ask Stalin if he's ever had to. Well, I guess I can ask him. Have, have you ever had to fight a kangaroo? Still, I've seen actually, him. It's Nick still. still I yeah. So it's, Stillin, Stalin, Stillin. Still Nick. Still I think, in, yeah, this, which is the end. Hold on. I think, hold but anyway. on. The, the problem is, is like, like you're asking that, right? Like, did you ever have to fight an armadillo? It's also like no. people think that we're from Texas and we all wear I've cowboy seen, hats and hats. I know, but okay. I've seen somebody box a kangaroo. And yes, I'm just wondering like if he's ever we got to get on here in a minute, but I, I got a story for you about that. So, okay. when I was in my 20s, I worked for a company doing telecommunications and I went to Singapore for a month. And because the field crew that are always out of town, who I had to stay with, like to use their per diem to drink beer, they stayed the cheapest place they could, which was the red light district of Singapore. And there was this little eatery place on the corner right down from our hotel, motel. And, like, they would, we'd sit there every night and eat dinner and, and whatever. And what the owner of the place said, so, like, where are you guys from, Texas? He said, oh, do, do all you, like, have horses and ride cowboy, like, <laughs> yep. cowboys and ride them down the street? And I was like, no, dude. And then one of the – God, this is going to be – in 2021 or 2020, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. One of the crew guys was a Mexican – the Singapore, I don't know what his nationality was, guy said, what is that? <laughs> and we're like, that's our Mexican. We all have them in Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so, which, you know, the guy thought it was funny. The, yeah, it was good times. But anyway, that was uh, funny that, that, you know, you go to other parts of the world, they, just like us, have our ideas of how these other places are. He thought everybody had horses and no cars, and we rode yeah. Horses everywhere we went. The only one that's really, really accurate is that we all say y'all. Like I don't even know Dude, how to say anything but y'all. When I moved here, I swore I would never say it. Now, you can't. Yeah, it's it's you yeah. have to say you it. Can't, yeah. If you even if when you I come think up about it ahead of time, I'm like I'm not going to say y'all, and then I say it. Anyway. Well, if you walk up to somebody and say, "How are you guys doing?" This going oh, yeah. I got made fun of for years yeah. living here. You guys, you, you, guys, you, guys. you guys, yeah, yeah. No, not happening. Okay, taking our second commercial break, and we're gonna have Brittany Osborne when we come back. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust blood lubricants in our machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke pre-mix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get shock socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. 
If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Our next guest of the night, I am very excited to talk to. She's going to be brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2020, they came out with the Fly, actually 2019, they came out with a Fly Formula helmet. In 2020, they came out with a Fly Formula CC uh, two of the best helmets on the market, Fly Racing, always innovating and the leader in gear technology. And they also sponsor the husband of our next guest, Miss Brittany Osborne. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I thought about texting Zach. And I was like, you know what? Everybody's going to be trying to talk to Zach. And why do we really want to talk to him again anyway? Because you're the coolest of the, the group. You, uh, I think you keep everything together. And obviously from what he told us in the press conference uh, Saturday night when he said he almost quit, you, you are to, you're the one to uh, give all the credit to, I guess, for this championship. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't quite go that far. <laughs> <laughs> this is his life's work, you know, but yeah. um, tough love is a language that I speak pretty well. So. <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned that before. Is, is that something that works with Zach? Because, look, we're, we're, we know Zach. We know these guys. We see them on TV. Oh, they're tough athletes. You know, they're cool. But really, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, us guys really need a good woman to keep us focused and not make us be big babies sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would—I definitely wouldn't say he's a baby. I mean, he—he he is a tough guy, but you know, the the person who lives with me, the one who's not at the racetrack, uh, the one who lives at my house, is—he um, is very sensitive, and um, you know, he has like big feelings. Of yeah. the two of us, he's like the way more sensitive uh, person, and I'm like, okay, we gotta like tuck all this stuff in room with it you know uh he has to hash something out and um needs a lot of reassurance at times and a lot of he really needs like feedback um we i don't know if you're familiar with the book like the five love languages but his are words of affirmation so he needs like constant uh reassurance and like feedback that he's on the right track and he's doing the right things and all that that's his love language so um yeah, sometimes it does require me to, um, you know, be a little tough on him right. um, whenever he's just, like, really in the field. You know, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I want to know now what your love language is because I would guarantee it's not um, uh, gifts giving because I know that you're pretty frugal. Uh, so yeah, I'm super what is, frugal. <laughs> what is your love language? Mine is um, acts of service. Okay. All right. So, like, yeah. if Zacho does the dishes 
or yeah, the, helps yeah, you in those, the garden. Those are points for me. Like in my book, those are points because you know I'm here. Like I'm home all day with the two kids. Yep. I'm a full time. Like even before COVID, I was homeschooling our little girl. Plus, you know, running our business and getting us to the races and all that stuff. So anytime he steps up to the plate and takes something off of mine is huge in my book. So. Awesome. Well, I, I believe in that five love languages book. Kiefer has brought it up a few times on Pulp MX because he's big on home life. Uh, that thing mm-hmm. for anybody listening that has any relationship issues, go check out the five love languages, but go ahead, TJ. Yeah. So he brought up, dark side brought up about y'all's like out there, like how frugal y'all are, how, how smart y'all are with money. How, so I know that he was talking about uh, Zach was talking about getting the simulator for racing, and he didn't want to spend the money, this and that, back and forth. So is it worse now with him after all this COVID stuff happened? You know what I mean? Is he even more frugal now watching what's happened on in the with the world? Or or, or is now that he's made billions of dollars being a, a, a champion, does that change Billions anything? with a B. Yeah, with a B. Um, I wouldn't say, like, COVID necessarily has had any – effect on his like spending habits uh you see zach and i met years and years ago whenever we were just kids and i'm a farmer's daughter so you know farmers kids are like super practical and um you know farmers have to like float their money for eight nine months of the year during the growing right. season and hope to make a return you know so my, my parents are super conservative and that's just the life that i grew up in and then you know whenever i meet zach um He's on a completely different path. He's the only child. He's very spoiled, you would say. Um, <laughs> I'm one of three kids, so, like, the things he got for birthday gifts, I'm like, you got that for your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that, I would say, like, living with me has been the biggest kind of eye-opener for him as far as, you know, I'm not comfortable spending the way that maybe he grew up seeing, like, in his household. Right. Um, I just, you know, I know that the career window for the sport is really short, and my whole thing is, like, time. Like, I, I don't want, like, the big fancy house or, like, all the, the fancy cars or anything like that. All I want is time, like, time yeah. to live a simple life. You know, so by living simply, we're basically buying ourselves time. Well, that, make, so, that makes sense because my wife grew up, like, dirt poor to where they didn't even have meals sometimes, and I grew up, my dad always had a really good job we didn't have extra but if we needed a pair of pants we bought a pair we needed it so i did i went through the same thing when we first got married my i just if i need something i'm gonna take the money and i'm gonna spend it and yeah. i had to learn the yeah. same thing from my wife i think i've told Brittany yeah. when we when i've interviewed her before that i'm the exact opposite like yes i know okay i'm getting paid next tuesday let me fill my my amazon cart right now <laughs> so it's ready to go uh yeah if i had just won an, a national championship like my truck would be on order and we'd be going on trips. Yeah. So I, yeah, Brittany would not like, yeah, no, my dad always taught me it's not what you make. It's what you say. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, that's way smarter than the way I live. Brittany. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some motocross in this season. So look, it started off rough, right? Uh, Zach got hurt. Um, pretty scary. It sounds like, uh, you know, like I said, I don't think any of us really realized until he said it in the press conference, even Weege was surprised that he had considered quitting. Uh, mm-hmm. But he goes out, he races Supercross. Uh, he gets yep. his first win at the final round, which was unreal, and then leads into this amazing 
national uh, race or series. Just give us your your side of how everything went. You know, you're you're living this dream. Also, a lot of us maybe we would love to. We knew we wanted Zach to be able to win this thing, but I don't think a lot of people were really saying, "Oh, Zach's going to win," right? I think everybody expected Eli to win, right. and and so. But give us your yeah. side, going through the story, the ups and the downs of the series, and the culmination of a championship. Okay, so um, really what happened was, it was either, I think it was like the last week of February or first week of March, somewhere in that time, right before COVID uh, turned the world upside down. Okay, so <laughs> Zach was practicing, and I get a call from the practice mechanic. So anytime I know, anytime his number pops up, it's just like bad news. So I get the call from him. I meet Zach at the ER. Um, everything's like optimistic. You know, they said, well, you, you know, you're really banged up. Um, he was like coughing up some blood. So they were really concerned about his lungs. Um, they said that he had like a partially collapsed lung and a sprained wrist. So this is what they told us. Okay. But to be ultra conservative, they wanted him to spend the night in the hospital. So we spend the night in the hospital. I go with them. Um, we stay all night in the hospital. They release him the next day and say, you know, a couple weeks, you'll be good to go. Well, we get home, and he is, like, beside himself in pain. And, I mean, he is a pretty tough character. Like, sure. anytime it comes to injuries, I mean, if it's the flu, my man is down. But if it's, <laughs> like, a broken bone or a surgery or anything like that, I mean, he is a tough cookie and not one to, like, take pain medicine or anything like that he just like soldiers on so we get home and he is just like in agony and this goes on for like day after day after day and I'm like I don't you know I'm not saying it to him because obviously I want to validate how he feels but you know in the back of my mind I'm like it's a partially collapsed one like he's had way worse things happen to him before you know I don't understand why he's like mentally so beat down and he was just complaining of like you know, the pain. I mean, it was almost like having a newborn again. Like, he was waking me up every hour of the night. You know, like, he was so uncomfortable. He couldn't sleep. So he was up and down all night, waking me up, you know. And I'm like, you know what? We well, got to go back to the doctor. Like, something is amiss here. Like, this, the diagnosis doesn't match up with what you're telling me. So he goes back and he gets some more scans. And sure enough, he's got five broken vertebrae in his back. Jeez. And, um, you know, he had some pretty significant injuries. And at that point, um, it was like it was justified. You know, I, I did see a big mental shift in him at that point. Like, once he got the actual diagnosis that, you know, this is all valid and I'm not just a big baby, you know, right, and there's right. a reason that I'm feeling this way. So I think mentally there, that was a big shift. And then we had, like, a better game plan as far as, okay, it's going to be a few more weeks than we thought, but he is going to get through this. And like I said, seeing that mental shift, I'm like, all right, you know, things are looking up. We're going to be all right. Well, we carry on for a few more weeks. And, um, you know, he's doing the rehab and therapy and everything that he needed to do. Then he gets back on the bike and it's just like not clicking for him. And, you know, he's coming home every day. It's just not, it's just, I, I don't have it, you know, and then he really started to concern me, you know, because he was just like, maybe I'm just, like, too old. We've been hearing for, like, five years now, like, you're too old to do anything. You'll never amount to anything else. Like, yeah, you already got wow. your chance to just, you know, let it go. So then I think that 
in the back of his mind was like, okay, maybe they're right. You know, maybe I am too old. Maybe I'm not going to bounce back from this, you know. And I did at one point try to talk him out of going to Salt Lake because I was like, you know, if you're not ready, it's just going to cause more problems. You know, you need to just wait until you feel 100% mentally and physically and then come back. Mm-hmm. And um, so we kind of tossed the idea around a little bit. And he even went as far as to say, like, do you ever think I'll be able to race again? You know, and I was like, look, (laughs) we're going to be fine. You know, just take a few more weeks if you need it. We'll keep working. You know, we'll do whatever we have to do. We can go see this specialist. We can go see that. Whatever we got to do, you know, we'll figure it out. So he goes, I think, two more days to the track to ride. And he said, "I, I think we just need to go on to Salt Lake. So here we go, you know, pack everything up. Yeah. We head out there, and um, I think it was either the first or the second Supercross. He comes off the track with, like, this big smile on his face, and he looks at me and he says, I'm so glad I didn't quit three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, I was just like, wow, you know, I, I, at the time, I don't even think it registered, like, how much he really questioned that or considered that, you know. Right. But um, anyways... Uh, obviously Salt Lake was very good to us, you know, especially considering that track, those conditions aren't like typically his ideal conditions, you know, like they're not the most favorable for him. It's a hard pack base and all that, you know, not really his cup of tea, but he really was able to shine there and um, get some confidence and build some momentum, you know, going into the outdoors and, um, yeah, so, but, you know, I explained this to someone else, too. You know, they're like, so does that momentum just carry you right over? Does it just translate over? And no, you know, Supercross and Motocross are two very different disciplines, you know. And I like to think that Zach is very talented at both of them. But um, Agreed. you don't know, you know, just because you have Supercross success doesn't mean that you're just automatically going to have outdoor success. You know, they're, they are very different. And, um so going into that first outdoor, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, he obviously he felt great, he felt prepared, but still there's so many variables and so many unknowns. And um, it had been a long time, you know, since he had raced any outdoors. Uh, it felt like, you know, from January through I guess it's the beginning of August. You know, they've never been that long um, before without racing outdoors. So. Um, yeah, obviously the first race went very well, him winning, and that was a really, really cool race for us because Zach and I grew up, you know, at Loretta's, and going back there was just something that we didn't know if we'd ever do again, you know. For him to win there um, was just super special. He only had one Loretta's title prior right. to that, which he won on an 85, and um, so it was just it was really cool, just kind of one of those moments of, like, you know, wow, look how far I've come, like, in my career, you know, and um, just really, really special. But then for him to back that win up with a second win at Loretta's was super cool. Yep. And, you know, at that point, we're like, okay, you know, maybe this is, like, going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, from there, it was just about, you know, doing what we do. Uh when you start winning, the expectation just 
elevates even more. You know, once you win, you're just expected to win more and more. You know, you're really expected to win every time. So um, whenever his bar raises, then my bar has to raise too, you know, as far as um, just fully focused and um, dedicated to what we're doing. And um, sometimes that means neglecting, dropping some other balls to really focus on keeping that ball in the air, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, um, yeah, uh, that was. Let me ask sense. you. So, you know, I talked to Zach at l- the first Loretta's. I talked to you also. That was the only national mm-hmm. I went to this year. And then we talked at, I think we had him on the show once or twice. There mm-hmm. was a shift somewhere in his belief in himself, I feel like, or at least where he finally started allowing himself to believe, okay, this could be something. Like we could win this. Do you, do you know when that yeah. shift happened? Like, when did he start? Going from, uh, you know, we're not going to think about a championship to, okay, now we need to think about a championship. Yeah, well, honestly, I think it was probably after the second Loretta's. Um, oh, that early. When, we, when I felt kind of that shift. I mean, due to some other misfortunes and stuff, like with bike failures, you know, Loretta's too was like the really, really um, muddy, you know, quagmire kind of race. And, um, some people had, like, some misfortune, you know, with their bikes not finishing the race or whatever. Sure. So he was able to leave there with um, a pretty substantial points lead with it only being the second round. And um, so, yeah, I think at that point it was maybe a thought, you know. I, I can't say that that was really the confidence booster. I'd say the confidence booster came um, at Redbud, you know, going 1-1 yep. on the – I think that was a Friday, uh, Red Bud won. One, you know, yeah, he's, he went he's out mentioned that a couple times, yeah. Yeah, I think that was like, you know, it was kind of the midway point of the season. He was still leading the point, and he went 1-1 on the day. That was definitely a big um, push for him. Um, awesome. And then obviously WW as well was very pivotal yeah. after he had had a really bad um, – Millville. around <laughs> to kind of redeem himself and prove that, you know, he the train wasn't off the tracks or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I was sort um, of on a different page than I think most people were. I felt like Millville was the pivotal point because it could have went so much worse. And yeah. as he was out there riding with that flat tire, watching it on TV, you saw after a lap or two, like, he's getting better and better and faster yeah. and faster. Yeah. And, like, most of us would have, you know, probably done the opposite. So, like, to me, that was the moment where, like, okay, as they always say, on the worst day, that's how, when you win championships, on your worst day. And that was yeah. probably his worst day of the season. And he still did well. He got points. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was that was my race for me, for, for him that turned things. But, Scotty, you got something? Yeah. <clears throat> I was just going to ask, uh, so, Zeko seems like he's kind of one of those guys that he, like, really likes the routine, you know, Every like I, he mentioned something about every race day, him and and the kids watch Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, and yeah. like and uh, I just kind of wanted to know what what is the most thing that he's the most particular about, or like what's the most challenging thing for you to keep consistent on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, I mean, I honestly think that us having kids helps with that because he is a very ritualistic person, and when you have kids, like they're pretty ritualistic as well. So it helps us to just, like, kind of replicate each day. You know, every day is kind of the same for us. Whereas I think sometimes when you don't have small kids, 
you know, you have a lot more freedom to go and mix things up. And um, so for me, I would say just my biggest job is, like, managing um, his, like, workload a little bit. You know, he goes out for a full day of work just like all these other guys, but whenever he comes home, it's not like veg out on the couch for the next five hours and play Xbox. It's like there's two <laughs> kids waiting at the door for him, and yeah. they haven't seen their dad all day, and they're ready to play. You know, so for me, it's like I try to do as much as I can, like active type things with the kids. We don't, whenever Zach leaves during the day, like me and the kids don't even turn the TV on. We leave the TV off all day. So that, you know, we're like really busy, really active all day while he's gone. So that whenever he comes home, they're ready for like a little bit of like more chill time. And um, it gives him the chance to have, you know, he wants to spend time with his kids, but it allows him to do it in a maybe less intensive way. Yeah, that makes sense. So for for me, it's just about um, taking as much off of his plate as I, you know, as I possibly can. He has to go do his training on the bike or on the bicycle or in the gym. But, you know, as far as home life goes, um, I try to take as much off of him as possible so that he can just be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been married 23 years, so I know there's give and take. What did you tell him you when you said, we have free time, we're going to have some downtime, this is what I want to do? What what are you making him go do that he doesn't even want to do? Like 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 she probably wants to stay at home and garden. Yeah. So what? what exactly. Literally, what, that's what, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that. Like. Yeah. I don't want to go anyway. Yeah. They <laughs> just want to stay home. I, like, I, I like that. Yeah, Zach's like, uh, we're, we we're going away for like a month, and I'm like, please no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, just did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just whenever you travel all the time, and again. You know, that is, like, kind of my department. Like, whenever it's time for us to, like, up and leave with the kids, like, I'm the one who packs. I'm the one who delegates. Like, I need so-and-so to come over and feed the fish. I need so-and-so to come over and do this or that. You know, I'm the person who has to think about all of these uh, components so that we can go racing. And I don't want him to think about any of that because it's just too much, you know. I want him to focus on what he has to do on Saturday. So for me, it's not as easy, you know, like he still kind of um, thinks like, oh, we'll just throw everything in a backpack and get on the plane. You know, I'm like, doesn't work no, like that. way more involved here. Yeah. <laughs> How old is Our daughter's six now, so she's in gymnastics and we yeah. have homeschool club. You know, like there's a lot of different obligations sure. and stuff that we're committed to that um, he sometimes is, you know, at the end of the season and he's put in his work and he's um, earned this championship, like, he wants to just go away and like forget everything for a little bit, but I'm over here like, no, we still have yeah. like we still have kids, we still have responsibilities, you know. Right? Yeah, it's that's the I think the man mentality is like, all right, this is easy, let's just roll. You got some yeah. Scotty? Yeah. Hey, which which one of the kiddos is is Mini Zach more than one of the other? Which one's Mini you and which one's Mini Zach? Uh, um, personality wise, our little girl is more like him. Um, so she's the older of the two. She is very sensitive, like very big feeling, very sensitive. Um, she has, um, the ability to think of like the worst case scenario <laughs> all the time. Right. And I'm yeah. like pretty laid back, like pretty 
hey, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know, like, everything. I'm, like, a pretty uh, glass-half-full kind of person, like, pretty optimistic. We'll figure it out. You know, everything's sure. going to be fine. We're going to be good. And my our little boy is more like me. Um, like, maybe too much because he's, like, sending it off of stuff he shouldn't be sending it off of, and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're panicking. But, yeah, our little girl is definitely more like him. Okay. I got a couple more for you before we let you go, Brittany. Um, okay. So with the the win Saturday, what was the kids' reaction? Um, I, I know your daughter definitely. She's at an age where she understands probably the uh, the gravity of it all. Was she pretty excited? Was she? What, did she understand that Daddy just won the championship? Yeah. So this is her fourth um, her fourth championship experience. Yeah. You know, three in the two fifty class. This is the first in the four fifty. And our little girl is, like, extremely switched on as far as, you know, she lives a life unlike most six-year-olds. As much as we want her to have a simple, normal life, I mean, she's been in, like, this professional realm, this professional world that most kids aren't really exposed to. This has been her whole life, you know. So um, we like to think that she understands everything that we're doing and why we're doing it. But I'll be honest with you, whenever we were standing on the podium on Saturday and I'm holding her in my arms and I'm looking at her, she just has like this dazed <laughs> look on her face. And I told Zach about it later. I'm like, you know, this whole time, like, we think that she really resonates with all this and really gets it. I, I could tell by the look on her face, like, this is really cool, but I don't. You know, I don't care. understand, like, yeah. the significance of it. You okay, know? yeah, to her it was just another to race, her, right? her, that's just her dad. Like, yeah. You know, she's the kid that, like, whenever someone sees something in the restaurant, it's like, hey, you're Zach. She's like, that's my dad. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't understand sure. um, anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty typical, I think. Um, all right, yeah. so the last question uh, is kind of just out of a, a joke, but, it sounds like uh, for Supercross, you guys, you may be opening the motorhome up to media for the night. Um, so what what round do I, where do I send the, you know, my, my check-in to? Oh, well, um, I'll run it all by Zach, <laughs> yeah. He will, yeah. okay. he that, will uh, designate, he'll come up with a committee, he'll sure. meet me the head of the committee, right. whatever he does, all that, I'll let you know, but... Right now, we're just in a very early stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll stay the same night as Mathis if that's what I have to do. But, I mean, no, anyway. I always find that funny. Steve Steve asks Zach, like, every single time that he's on yeah, the show. Yeah, he has such a chip on his shoulder about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I think Zach put it off on you. said Brittany said no, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought that's pretty funny. But, um, well, Brittany, I think you know that I'm a huge fan of – you and Zach and your personalities and the type of people you are. And as I told Zach in the press conference, I don't believe I could be any happier for anybody else to win the championship. The two of you together, uh, just, I know it's a team effort. It's awesome. We're very happy for you. And hopefully, you know, Supercross comes around and we, we get a repeat type of performance. Well, thank you so much. We've really been blown away by some of the sentiments and, you know, like the kind words that people had to say just about our family yeah. and, um, you know, for us, it just comes so natural that we don't even know, you know, we don't do it for like recognition or for being noticed. You know, we just do it because that we just want to be good parents, you know, and be good examples to our kids. But to hear all of the people that really put an emphasis on, you know, who he is as a person, that means more to me than, 
any championship sure. or any race win or anything. So that was really, really special. And we, we appreciate all of the kindness and all of the support from everybody. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you giving us a bar to strive to be like. Uh, you guys are awesome and um, can't wait to see you guys once Supercross starts. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Thank you. No problem, guys. Anytime. All right, Brittany, you have a good night. Tell Zach we said hi. Okay. Okay, we'll right. do. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right, that was cool. I, li- I like getting the other side sometimes. Uh, haven't done like a wives, girlfriends show in a long time. I think it's cool because, you know, TJ, you've been in here for some of those, but, I mean, you get she's, a different she's side. every yeah. bit as much of yes. his program as he is. I mean, yeah. the things don't happen on a day-to-day basis, as she, as she explained, if, if she's not doing her part. And, yeah, it's, it's and, pretty cool. Well, that's just kind of one of the things about our sport is is those guys, like, it's so focused and all the attention and all of the media and stuff is around just that one thing. Everything, little thing that they say yep. gets twisted and stuff. So they kind of have to put on that shell. And you don't hardly – you can know the guy. Like, you've, you've talked to Zach and all these other guys. You can know them, and you're still not going to get – the full the show. Deal. The full show. Yeah. And so with with her, you really got to see another side of it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna take our last commercial break. Yep. We're gonna come back with Kay Johnson. That's at right. which point we are going to do the Fly Kinetic K one twenty one giveaway to That's somebody right. on YouTube. Yep. With the trivia question. So if you guys are still on, hang tight, we'll be right back. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X-Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. 
All you got to do is go to HaturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo Senya. All right, we are back, and our next guest of the night, this is going to be a fun one, I think. But uh, our next guest is going to be brought to you by our newest sponsor, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Uh, go to at Berm Lords on Instagram, graphics at bermlords.com. Check out, uh, check out all they've got going on. They do my jerseys. They did the graphics on my Honda that everybody's heard so much about. So check out Berm Lords. But tonight, Berm Lords brings us uh, our little buddy, Kay Johnson. What's up, dude? What's up? Not much, man. I'm a... Uh, so Scotty asked me a couple of weeks ago about having you on, and I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't think I've ever had a chance to meet you yet. But it sounds like you're a fast little sucker. So um, <laughs> give us a little bit about your background, man. How old are you right now, Cade? Um, I am. I just turned thirteen recently, because um, I'm an October baby, and I uh, ride for Yamaha Factory. Um, I'm a hired gun, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thirteen. That's like a terrible birthday for a moto. Like, yeah. like October. Well, like, like like turning turning thirteen in October. Having your age in October is like terrible. Oh, for okay. You have to spend the whole year <laughs> racing against everybody is a year older. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Kate, I you, I heard you say a second ago you're a hired gun. So you're going to be out at the uh, the South Central race, aren't you? That that Jason Anderson's being a part of. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, that's a race. Not small. Uh, the track's gonna be awesome, and everything about it's gonna be awesome. I'm going there. Okay, so you mentioned a minute ago that you're like factory Yamaha kid. How how does that happen? Like, at 13 years old, what did you have to do to make to get that ride where uh, Yamaha is supporting you? Um. Well, it takes a lot. Like a lot, a lot. You have to. <laughs> uh, you you have to be constantly training. Uh, going hard, being a respectful kid off the track and on the track, and uh, and and knowing your sponsors pretty well, and being results. Yeah, I like I like how well spoken you are. Uh, you know, some of the pro riders that we talk to aren't as well spoken as you are. They don't seem to be comfortable doing interviews. Have you done many interviews before? Um. Yeah, for sure, quite a few. Because. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you had a you got to sp- just gonna put this out there. A lot of people don't know this. You had a lot of time on the '65 pre, you know, when they when that first came out that that Yamaha '65, but you didn't get to race it very long. Did you? Uh, what did you think about that bike when you first got on it? Um, when I first got on, I had a mixed feeling. I uh, the first thing whenever I got on it. I realized how much I love the feel of the bike and how well it handled and stuff, and I just fell in love with it. That part of the bike. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, we saw you. We saw you riding the the uh, Pro Challenge, and um, I don't know if you ever had the opportunity. I thought it was cool that they did the the Future Class where y'all actually had a purse, um, and then you and you and Dico's battle was really awesome. Y'all were like neck and neck the whole time. So, what was it kind of like going through through that race and actually racing for for cash? What did that feel like? Yeah, um, I, I really haven't rode that track that much, and it was a uh, it was fun riding that track and having cash on the line for it. Most <laughs> races I have, uh, yeah, but having cash on the line for it just made it that much better and made the battle that much funner or, or more fun. There you and, go. <laughs> um, and 
me and Deacon were uh, going at it, and it was a blast. Cool. Hey, Kate, so um, just so you know, our show is sponsored by Fly Racing, and we're about to give away a set of Fly gear, and we have a trivia contest about you that Scotty's going to read, so don't give the answer, okay? Yeah, yeah don't say the answer. Yeah. We're going to let the people on YouTube answer the question, and whoever answers it right gets a full set of gear, Fly Racing yep. gear. So go ahead. Okay, so it was going to be the the first year that you went to the Reddas and the class that you rode. All right, and so to win the set of Fly Kinetic Gear, the first person that can respond on YouTube was the first year Kay Johnson went to Loretta's and what class he raced in. So uh, as soon as the answer pops up, TJ will let us know. We'll get a winner on that. So I want to know what your goals are. Like what races you're planning on hitting in 2021 uh, if things are normal and what your goals are. Um, yeah, I'm planning on hitting all the uh – the major nationals and um um and i'm a, i'm i'm planning on hitting all the major nationals uh like we're at as many others all those uh, if if it's still going and sure the goal is to do my very best on them and if possible win all of them there you go i like that um what about any supercross futures if i i think they're gonna they're probably gonna be a couple at dallas if not more than two because uh, it sounds like the goal right now is to have Supercross races at at stadiums that are allowing fans. Dallas is one of those, and then maybe have two or three races in a week's time and have the Supercross Future races held there. Is that something that you and your family have talked about? Would you do those? Have you done those before? Um, yeah, I've done it uh, before, and per- me personally, I don't have too much uh, Supercross experience. Okay. But I recently started to get a little bit more, and that race. It, it, if you know a little bit of supercross, it's really fun, and we're definitely going to put it on the calendar if we can get to it. Okay. Because um, that, that's an awesome feel of being in a stadium and racing supercross, and being on the same tracks and same dirt as the pros is really helpful. Helpful. Yeah, for being, like I'm not you know. about to even do that, dude. That scares the crap out of me. You just walk in the track. I'm like, I'm out. Not for me. Go ahead, Scotty. Hey, so so you're not only are you ripping it and you're you have thirty one AMA titles, you also are straight A student. Hey, and that's thirty one more than I have. Yeah, that's thirty one more than I have. Yeah, Jeez. so and so you and you keep straight A's, and you're one of the few kids that's riding at that level that's still oh, in public wow. public school. So Good how how do you how do you you know how do you go through how do you go about that how do you keep that balance? Is it do you kind of get determined to be that kid that's getting the straight A's or is it your parents pushing you or maybe yeah, just a little bit of both? Does mom and dad have to whoop that yeah. butt? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my parents have, uh, have definitely been uh, major advocates for staying in school and getting high education because at the end of the day, sports is just a hobby and education is really important. But um, I, I, for school, school is actually um, decently fun for me. Okay. And I like... Uh, and, you know, I like, I mean, learning and, um, and you kind of take it as a competition, you know, get better grades with your friends and, um, yeah. Dude, that's, I like that idea. I wish my stepdaughters were more competitive because I could use that. I like that though. Cause, uh, like it, I was kind of in school, I was always like, I was good at math and stuff and I always wanted, I kind of thought of it as like a puzzle, but I never thought of it like a competition. I bet I would have done a lot better if I'd done that because I hate losing. <laughs> never even thought of it like that. That's pretty smart, dude. You're, you're a smart cookie. Thank you. 
<laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, mean? All, I'm old, Cade. I'm old. old. I'm sorry, dude. All right, Cade, so I know that Doc, my son, has helped you at some races and been a mechanic for you and stuff like that at different times. So the, like, the next time that you do that, he tried to give me a bunch of questions that were going to make you look bad, but you're doing <laughs> such a good job on the show, I won't do that. That's what friends do, though. Yeah, exactly. But um, he did bring up that you're big time into fishing. And we had another, yes. we had um, other people on the show and different racers talk about things. Garrett, well, Garrett Marshbanks. Like Garrett tonight, Marshbanks yeah. talks about, he like hunting and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, why is it that all you guys like fishing so much? I don't know. It, 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 it's another thing, like, like uh, it's another hobby to do. And um, it, and the more you do it, the more the better you get. And I don't know. I, I just really love it, and uh, I'm competitive at it also. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the real question, Cade. You're, you're old enough, dude. What about girls? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not old enough, not, I guess. Not, not yet. He's not smart. Yet. He's not, smart not. enough to know. Wait a minute. No, no, because they're just trouble, or no, just don't have time. Um, kind of oh. a and b. I mean, <laughs> like, constantly, yeah. constantly training. You never really had time for them, and they can cause you getting into trouble being constantly water crossing. All right, you are a smart kid. Jeez, I, I can't stump you. All right. How, Ponka's coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. So what's your um, like like you going out there for Ponka? Like 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 what? Do you, how do you feel about the track? How have you done in the past? What do you think about that whole deal? That the Ponka deal? Yeah, I I, I I'm actually um extremely excited for it. I mean, it's uh every year they make it really rough and um and really curled over ruts and it's just and, and it's definitely a big race on the calendar that i would like to go to every year possible it's strange dirt there in my opinion every time i go there it's like gets ruts but they like they're hard but yet they they kind of mush around it's just very strange to ride that place yeah it, it um i mean it, it's strange like one part of the day in the morning the ruts are super hard and and i mean super sloshy and it's and it's a uh, nice moist dirt and the afternoon, some half the track's super dry and half the track's perfect, and it's just and it's, <laughs> you have to uh, you have to be really into it and be constantly focusing to get the best lines and track. Yeah, awesome. So you're kind of in that you're that weird stage where you know you're in eighty fives, you're close to super minis, and then it seems like all of a sudden you're big bikes guys because y'all you know y'all at that you're that big growth spurt. And we've, it's kind of come out a lot in our sport lately that pushing the kids at 12, 13 years old and they're training too hard, they're going to get burned out by the time they're 16. Kind of, how have you taken that and how do you kind of develop yourself to allow for yourself to grow but also remain fit enough to do as much riding as you do? That was, yeah, a, long, that I was mean, a long question, Scott. He can handle it. Look how smart he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, for, uh, for me, like um, doing that, I mean, working out for me, I don't, I, I don't think I get burnt out really uh, bad for working out because I mean, working out for me, I've found a, a joy in it, and um, and that's part of the reason why um, I'm good at motocross is because I like training a lot, and so in which I do it, and we're not, I, I'm not gonna completely push me as hard as I possibly can to. Um, get burnt out 
like right now, we're just kind of training hard enough to still win, but not burn out. Because I mean, that's a really bad no-no. Is <laughs> when you're, I mean, young, and then you get just absolutely burnt out yep. when you're a kid and don't get to go pro, even though if you're really fast. So yeah, we're, we're uh, slowly get going into hard. You know. Well, speaking about training, you're still training with uh, Regal, right, with Kyle? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, so with, you're with him. I know Kyle's big into golf, and you're living out there at Hideaway. Uh, are you keeping up your golf game so you can challenge him and make him look bad? Because I'm sure you're already faster than him on a dirt bike. Um, I, I've i been golfing quite a bit with uh, just time to time with a friend, but... Uh, uh, that, uh, you, you're right. I should challenge him for two games of golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Exactly. So, so you need to put it on the line that if uh, if you can beat him at golf, then maybe like make him run the track, you know, in the mornings before y'all train or one day or something like that. Make make him have to actually get punished for losing. Right. Games. I like that. I, I like that. that that's a smart idea. <laughs> all right, Kate. I got one more for you before we let you go. Uh, just who is your favorite rider of all time? All time? Yep, all time. Could be, I, I mean, I know you're a young kid, so you probably don't know the, the history guys like me and TJ know, but, like, yeah, who's who's the guy that you think is the best of all time? Man, that's a, like, the my favorite of all time or, like, the best of all time? We'll go your favorite. Favorite? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot that I really like. Okay. And there's there's people that I like for a certain reason and don't love them for another. Oh. And but but I, if I had to choose, I would either go with Eli Tomac or Ryan Dungey probably. Okay. Good picks. Good picks. Hardworking guys. Yeah. I was hoping he's gonna say yeah. J Law. Jay Law. <laughs> <laughs> he he's probably thinking of Jet Lawrence. Yeah. He probably doesn't even know yeah, well, the original Jay Law. Jason Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's that's a good pick, man. Those are guys definitely to try to mold yourself after. Um, dude, yeah. Kate, it's been really cool talking to you, man. I, I have got to meet you. I guess at the Jason Anderson race, I plan on being there. I'm going to have to come find you, and we'll do an interview at the track. Yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. All right, dude. Well, hey, thank you for giving us some of your time. It's really cool to meet a kid that's uh, so intelligent and well-spoken. Uh, you got something else, Scotty? Uh, I was just going to say that. Oh, you want to announce the winner? Yeah, yeah, we already got the answer, Kate. So what, what was your first Loretta's race? What if it's different than uh, what, we, what, what we thought it was? Well, we know what it well, is. He was uh, tiny. You might not remember. Yeah, okay, go <laughs> ahead. What was your first Loretta's? It was in 2014, and it was uh, 51cc Florida 6 Limited. What, did we, what, what place did you get in that? Six? Uh, six. Is yeah, that on? Okay. Was that on, like Cobras or stuff, or was that on PWs? Cobras. Cobras? Cobras? Okay. Cobras. Well, you want to announce the name of the winner? Yeah, our winner we had was Trevor Schaefer. Yep. And uh, he's already sent us, sent us of his information. So. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a message here, but it doesn't have his info, so I don't know if he sent it somewhere else or. No, I just told him to message us, and okay. then we get back with him to get his. Okay. Get yeah. His perfect. Yep. Uh, congratulations, Trevor. Kate, thank you for your time tonight. I uh, really look forward to meeting you in person. Um, but good luck, man, in your in the future. Okay, sweet. All right, bud. Thank take you. care, and we'll talk to you soon. Later, Cade. Bye. See ya. That's Cade Johnson. Yeah, uh, really intelligent kid, man. Yeah, you should see him like when he went around the track. He's he's seriously funny. cut up all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we weren't recording at the beginning, and he was kind of 
just the way he responded. It was funny, man. Was, yeah, cool kid. Um, okay, let's wrap this thing up. Episode 176, we got our winner. Uh, I still would love to see you guys enter the contest for the other bar of Dirty Rocker Soap. So we can get that away. Thanks to uh, Nick Still for the question earlier. I'm looking through some of these things. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to our sponsors at Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Berm Lords, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Blood Lubricants. I mean, I think since he's been on the Pulp Show, I think he doesn't sound motivated. Let's see how he's reading the sponsor reads. Oh, you know what? Well, let me finish this. It's kind of All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, Torque One Racing, uh, Extreme Colors, and Williams Moto Works. So, yeah, you're... (laughs) I've still got like about three hours worth of work to do for the wrap up show tomorrow night. So yeah, I am literally and I'm on call, so I'm kinda worried about getting called to work. Did, did so, y'all, yeah. didn't y'all go did y'all, y'all did BMX or did y'all go ride? You and Steve. Did y'all actually get to go ride? No, he he asked me if I he's well, I didn't have time, but he said if I'd got had been able to get there earlier, he would have taken me on an e bike ride. Uh, I just rode his taser out in the in this uh, front street. Okay, okay, it's okay. it's funny how he got the flight. But you weren't didn't have so maybe right. he planned it that could way. Could be, could be because he's like, dude, I was gonna tell you. He said, well, he didn't even remember what time it was. Yeah, the, like the week before, he's like, what time do you get here? And but no, he was planning. He didn't want to ride with and, you. Yeah, you may be right. Well, I told him I would have ruined it anyway because there's no way I could go for like two and a half hour. Yeah, ride. it was first class flight too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, first class Southwest. Hey, so see, you know, he, he can't he can't hate you that much. Yeah, fair enough. I'm surprised yeah. it didn't make you ride like the back seat in the coach. And you know, like, there's no first class in Southwest. I'm joking. Oh, oh. it's all his first. I, dude, first I haven't flown in like six years. Oh yeah, years, no, there's so no, no first idea. class. That was it was it, it was sort of a joke because when he first asked me how I usually flew. I said Southwest, but I want the same treatment Chad Reed got, first class. And he just laughed, so then I just kind of played okay. off it. Yeah. No, there was no first class. It was oh. Southwest. Did you which, get some peanuts? Which is perfect. No, they don't even do that anymore. They give you pretzels. Oh, pretzels, okay. But no peanuts because of the allergies. Uh, no gotcha. Cokes. Like, it's just water. You get a cup of water. What? Because of the COVID stuff, I guess. I can't even remember the last time I flew, flew really. I like flying, usually. It's fun. Anyway, yeah, I I'm, I am motivated, but I'm just thinking about all the crap I got to do still tonight before I get to go to bed. Awesome. Well, once you get to work, and we'll go home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, guys. All right, that's a wrap for the show. Uh, If you get a chance, hit patreon.com up and support the show. Uh, Travis Marks, the Dune Goon, he recently jumped on there, and he's supporting us, and that helps out a ton. We uh, ordered some more equipment recently that we're going to hopefully be able to get a few more phone lines and maybe eventually take some phone calls to the 12 people that are listening live. Either way, I'm Darkside. For Scotty and TJ, thank you. We are out of here.